whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Remember, underline boldness. And access. Underline access. With confidence underline confidence, by the faith of him, underline faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. All right, let's turn to Philippians 3. A couple pages over, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So forgetting what's behind, anything that's bad happened to you, forget it. Anything that's good happened to you, forget that too, because God got something better for you. And so, in uh, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we've been talking about pressing into the presence. And so once you press into the presence of God, you find yourself out. You find you in his presence. Outside of his presence, uh, there's different things in life, you know, that can be thrown on us that we try to attach to ourselves that we think make us who we are. And so life situations ain't me. It's just a situation in my life. And so I can't let something that happens to me define who I am. And so I can't let something that I'm going through tell me who I am. I got to have my faith in him. And so uh, we talked about Eternal Mark 5. We talked about the woman uh, with the issue of blood. And so having an issue for as long as you might have it, you cannot let that issue have you. And so... She could have went on believing that this issue of blood that I'm dealing with has got to be who I am. And so sometimes we'll like to take a trial or a tribulation and we'll like to make that our marquee thing for our life that we feel like we have to hold on to uh, for Christ. Or like this is the thing, this is my badge of honor for my Christian walk. And so I'm going through this thing to show God, like, no, 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 no. I cannot let those things attach themselves to me and make me believe that they mine. Because she could have believed that 12, 12 years is a long time. You know, talked about it like, you know, uh, month by month for a few days. You know, that cycle be a, be a problem. So just think about a 12-year cycle. And all the women in the church said, my God. 12 years, 12 years a slave, boy. And so she could have let 12 years of dealing with that thing make an impression on her to make her think that that's something that she had to carry on for the rest of life. But once I press into his presence, 
I find out that that thing that I've been dealing with, that I ain't got to deal with it no more. That that thing that I'm that I'm that I'm uh that I'm that I'm that I'm, that I'm going through, is something I'm actually going through to get to Him. When I when I make Him my mark, when I make my target Him, then life situations become something that I actually go through, because whatever stands before me, I'm reaching unto Him. I'm looking unto Him. So it don't matter what come up in front of me, my target is him. And so whatever it may be, I'm trying to get to him. And so I go through whatever that thing is. But in him, getting in his presence, I find out who I truly am. I find out that I'm healed in his presence. And so I can go 12 years dealing with something, but once I get into his presence, I find out that, yo, you, I'm his child. I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to put up with this. Like, um... I don't, just because my, my family members had this don't mean I got to have the same thing. Like, I don't have to just go through this because, no, you know, we've been dealing with this go down the line in our family. Like, this is just something that all of us got to deal with. The hell we do? We, I, I don't even, I don't even speak French. What's all this we we talking? We ain't got to deal with nothing. I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't care what y'all been believing for the past 12, 50, 45 years. Talking about, hey, you know your great auntie, your great mammy, your granddad, all them. Thank God for great mammy and great auntie and, you know, Pookie, Ray Ray. Anybody swinging from the chandelier, it don't matter who they was. Thank God for them. But just like the Bible says, the poor will be with you always, that's because they're ignorant about their true position. They're ignorant about their true identity. And so they got people who don't know what you can get in his presence. And so that ain't got nothing to do with me. That ain't got uh, any influence on me being able to know that I can get into his presence. Because in his presence, I, I find love. Like I find peace. I find joy. I find his loving kindness. Like, I find that in his presence. I find my uh, identity. I find my confidence. I find my boldness in his presence. Uh, be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Let's turn, uh, let's turn to Mark 5. So I want I to make sure we get this. And so when Jesus even encountered this woman, he wasn't even going there for her. Jesus had took a trip. He got there, and this man came running up to Jesus and fell at Jesus' feet. Remember like Mary and Martha? You know, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus? He came, and he fell at Jesus' feet because he had a daughter that had an issue that he wanted Jesus to come see about. And so Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to go and do what it is that you ask of me. And so while Jesus going where he was going, being about his father's business, they had people that came along with him and Jerry's. And so um, while I'm being about my father's business, I'm still being about my father's business. Yes. And so he wasn't even thinking about this woman, but this woman had a revelation about Jesus. And she knew that I don't care what Jesus came here for. I don't care if Jesus came up here to buy a Snicker bar. Like today, I'm going to get in his presence. Today, 
I'm going to get what it is that I need to get. I don't care who he came here to help. But since I'm here, I'm making myself available to him. And so I don't care. Whoever's sitting next to me, they could have came in here for whatever they came for. But I'm coming in here for a specific thing this morning. I'm coming here to get in his presence. I'm coming in here to get exactly what it is that he got for me. And so I don't care. Jesus might have been coming in here this morning just to have all us gather together. But since I got y'all here, who it is won't tap into what I got for him. Who it is want to receive what I got for him to have. Be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. Be seated, be seated. Be seated, yeah, be seated. All right, verse 24, verse 24. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, she said, she made a decision. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. I don't care what you came to do, but I came to be whole. And straightway, the fountain of her, of her uh, body, of her blood, was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, which one of y'all touched me? Because he had been walking for a while, and they bumped, but ain't nobody touched him like she touched him. And so once somebody that's coming, that's targeting a certain thing, coming to his presence, he knows what exactly it is that we need before we even come. And so, all right, hold on, keep going, let me keep going. Uh, and his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. Jesus, you see all these people. Why are you going to ask who touched you? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her. So there had to be a different countenance about her than everybody else around. She had to have a receptive demeanor about her. She had to look uh, 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 be uh, be looked upon as somebody that had that received something from Jesus. She wasn't just somebody that was just in the crowd looking around, be like, he's just walking with Jesus. He about to go do another great and mighty work. And so I just want to say that I was with Jesus. But no, I'm coming here for a specific thing. And so now, so they had to, she had fear and trembling because she knew what was done in her. All right. Um, Knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Yes. You know, Jesus has been 12 years that I've been dealing with this thing. And so something, when you get before God, you can't just be trying to uh, tell him, you know, just the little good parts of the things you want him to know. You got to tell him all the truth. You got to confess all to him. All right. Um, and he said unto her, daughter. I ain't do it. You got, you got your healing? I ain't do it. I ain't laid not a hand on you. You know, we be coming to church, I'm going to get my hands laid on me. I, 
Yeah. 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 Be a church, you know, go through and start laying hands on people. They had people that didn't even, they ain't even, uh, the call that was made ain't even referencing them, but they just won't get hands laid on me. I got something else. Just lay your hands on me. But Jesus said, I ain't even touch you. I ain't touch you, but you touch me. So you've been 12 years dealing with this thing. And it's over with. But the moment that it became over with, I ain't even do it for you. And so where we at now? Jesus letting you know, I ain't even do it for you. Because I already did it for you. So right now, there's nothing. I'm not, all right, let me do this for her. No, I already did this for her. And so now when you encounter me, you touching what I did. You receive what I did. And so now there has to be, uh, in his presence, there's a discovery. Uh, there's an uncovering. And then there's a recovery. So in his presence, I discover, I uncover, and I recover. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Underline faith. Underline thy faith. Underline thy faith hath made thee whole. And so now, uh, your ability to believe and act on what you believe then it's the thing that it made you whole. Ain't nothing I did. I was just around here walking, minding my business. I was going to see about Jerry's daughter. But because your faith, but because you thought it important enough to press through all of these people to get to me, your ability to believe and act upon what you believe is the thing that it made you whole. So it don't matter who around you doing what. What do you believe? And so your belief got to go past what you say. Because she said, if I may touch him, then I'll be made whole. If I could just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. But just saying it ain't enough. We got a couple of people that's doing a lot of just saying. You got to get past the point of just saying. Oh, yeah, I know if I could just, if I could just get, get quiet, if I could get some time, if I could just spend some time with God, I know that I... Cool. All right. We got that part. We know that part. We good. We got that. What you going to do about it? Because she could have been up there, you know, girl, I know Jesus coming through, girl. If I can talk to Jesus, if I could just touch his clothes, girl, I know I'm going to be made whole. I've been bleeding for 12 years. It's been unending. I know I'm going to be made whole. But if she never moves. But not only, and so, uh, and so pressing ain't comfortable. Connection ain't convenient. It would have been nice for Jesus to have been a cane right in her house, laying in her bed, because she was disappointed and discouraged, because she had been bleeding for 12 years. And so he said, let me go see about her. He had heard about let me go see about her. It would have been real cool for him to come all the way to her house. Huh? Jesus met me in my bedroom. And he healed me. To, no, no. Your faith has made you whole. And so now, uh, there's a certain thing that you got to do. Come on, come on. Turn with me uh, to Mark 16. Mark 16. 
to Mark chapter 2. Okay, I'm doing good on time. All right, praise God. And again, uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. So everybody was walking around there. Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. It was in the street making noise that Jesus was in the house. And so this morning, Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. So when you get home, Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. Wherever, because now, if Jesus is in the house, then the presence of God is right there with him. And so, anything that God could do, anything that God got, is right there with him. So tell, tell somebody, Jesus is in this house right now. I won't, I won't make a song, man. Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. Jesus in the house. I won't make a song, man. Shoot. Come on, man. Come on. Um, verse 2. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. So Jesus was in the house preaching the word, right? And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And so... You cannot allow people to stop you from getting into his presence. And so they brought him, uh, but they had too many people. And so, you know, uh, if you'd have been anywhere with a big crowd of people, uh, everybody is entitled to whatever their spot is. Like, even though I had been standing here, if there's a space in front of me and you decide to come stand there, we might have some words or whatever, and we might have an altercation. But I didn't claim that spot. And so I, can't, I, could, be, I could be pissed off behind you and, you know, say some words underneath my breath or to your face. But at the end of the day, that's your spot. And so if people are there, I'm coming to get some. I won't hit Jesus, too. And so I know you're dealing with something, but I'm dealing with something, too. And so, if you won't get to him, you got to get in where you fit in. And so, uh, 
I'm sorry you dealing with that thing. That's real bad. I, I feel for you. I empathize with you. But you see the way my life set up? I'm going to be right here. Me, me not moving. And so if you won't get to Jesus, you're going to have to find another way. So, you know, you be there and they be like, they, they, start, they start marking their spot. So you be there a little bit, you kind of nudge in a little bit, they widen their stance a little bit. Like, mm -mm. And, and they look back at you, mm -mm. Don't, don't try it, don't try it, mm -mm. it ain't going to happen. And so they had people all about, so this man sick of the palsy, he not getting in through the door. And so now, you got to be a little extreme. And so, if I can't get through this dough, then I'm going to make another dough. I am going to make a way for me to get to him. And it don't matter who or what is in my way, my target, my end goal is to get to him. So it don't matter what measures I got to meet to get to him, I'm going to meet them measures. Come on, let's, come on. Verse 4. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. Let go that word again, press, underline press. They uncovered the roof where he was. Off the you are going to have to uncover the roof on some things in your life. What is the roof, Pastor Jay? The roof is anything keeping you from getting to him. And so if there's something, whether it be people, uh, ideas, uh, things that you was raised by, uh, you hate tradition and religion and church, and so you feel a certain way about this and about that, or uh, if it's about people, uh, whatever it is, I got to take the roof off. Because I'm not going to let that thing be so strong to keep me from getting to him. I receive. And so I don't care what it is, who it is. Maybe it's that friendship that you don't want to let go. Because you think it's that good. But that friendship could be your roof. We like to live a life with no ceilings, right? No limits. But you can limit yourself if you put a roof on with a friendship or a relationship. I receive all habit. And so now that show might be a roof. Anything that's keeping me from pressing into his presence is a roof. Because it limits me from the life that he has given me to live. Because in his presence is where I find me at, right? And so I, I can't find me with the roof on. I got to take the roof off to find me. And so um, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. They uncovered the roof. Somebody say, take the roof off. Take the roof off. Where he was. Jesus, 
I don't care if you was in a three-story house. We go climb all the way to the top. And we go take the roof off that motherfucker. We go take the roof off. And we go get up in here some kind of way. Come on, come on, mama. Now, don't throw stones at me because I said mother sucker in church. You say a lot worse at home. But you got to take the roof off. Because you designed to live an unlimited life. And so I can't allow anything to limit me to the life that society says I ought to live. And so if it don't agree with him, I got to take the roof off. If it's keeping me from him, I got to take the roof off. I got to take, take the roof clean off. If, if we got to hook that tundra up to it, we going to take the roof off. We, when we pull that, I can't talk about it. I don't want, want nobody calling the people on us. And so, shut up. All right. <laughs> we take the roof off. <laughs> you know, people call, the, people call the people and get you in trouble, you know, because they be hating on you and stuff. Well, we too far gone now. Uh, come on, turn to Genesis real quick. Genesis, Genesis, Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Come on, come on, Jeremiah, you got to get, come on, move, move, move. Genesis chapter 3, uh, let's go to verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, where'd she get all this from? She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Shaking my head. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And so, you know, they decided to take on a different um, wardrobe than God originally dressed them in. And so they decided to take some fig leaves and sew them together and make an apron to cover themselves up. But before that, they were dressed in his glory. And so they substituted glory for fig leaves. For a fruit, we don't even know what fruit it was. We don't even know how good it was. It might have been bitter. And, and they forfeited their whole wardrobe for fruit. But thank God for Jesus, because Jesus came to dress us back in his glory. And that's why in 2019, I'm wearing the mantle of God's glory. Or since, since it ain't January 1st no more, you took your mantle off. That's why I, I thank God for my memory, because when he tell me, I don't forget stuff. I like to, 
You know, you can't lie to me because I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell you exactly where you lied at. Because I'm going to show you the truth. That's why I keep all of my text messages. I got all of my receipts. I got text messages from 2011 in my phone. Because, no, no, what you said? Hold on, let's scroll back. I'll, I'll scroll for 20 minutes to get back to that. Nuh-uh, look, here you go right here. And then I'll screenshot it so next time we ain't got to go through all that. But if you're wearing a man of God's glory, that wasn't a first month of the year mantle. That's a forever mantle. Like when I wear it, I don't take it off. Don't drop the mantle for the fig leaves. And so, uh, let me keep going. And so, verse 8, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And so, uh, turn me to 1 John chapter 1. Hold your finger in Genesis. Because the Holy Spirit, he's a convictor. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to go seven more. Because I ain't make y'all no promises today. But I'm not preaching an hour and a half either. This seven minutes, I don't care if I'm in the middle of, uh, of a word and the glory is falling in midair. It's going to freeze in midair. All right? And so the Holy Spirit is a convictor, but I got to be a confessor. And so I can't, uh, he's not a condemner. God don't condemn. Holy Spirit just convicts. But I got to confess. And so once I confess, I don't go back there. So that's conviction, confessing, and then no turning back. All right, 1 John 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a mistake, like it don't disqualify you from being in his presence. Because right after they fell... God went right where they was at. But because they was condemned by what they had did, they hid themselves from being in his presence. They was trying to hide out because they was like, no, we didn't did this bad. I cannot be. I can't let God see me like this. God already seen you like that while you was in the middle doing whatever you was doing. So after the fact, ain't no, ain't no need to hide. If you be convicted, just confess. Because he's able to forgive you of your sins. And then you get up, take up that bed and walk, and you don't go back. Uh, all right, turn me, turn me to Joshua real quick. Joshua, Joshua 5. Joshua 5. Verse 14. And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. 
And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. And so we said worship is your prerequisite to his presence, to your obedience. And so um, you have no problem taking your shoes off uh, if you know how to worship him. And so uh, I remember there was a man named David. And they say David danced till his clothes came off. Because it don't matter where I'm at, who around me, what's going on, your presence is the only thing that matters. And so I got to be able to hear your voice and do what it is that you say to do at a moment's notice. I'm around all these people, and we're supposed to be distinguished people, and everybody got on their suits and stuff, and everybody, you know, eating with the right fork and everything. And so some people like, I don't even know what fork. I just grab one. Everybody eat with the right fork. Everybody, you know, they got best of manners and everything. It's all, it got jazz music playing, a little light, you know, opera music. And it's just, you know, it's just nice and pleasant. And so Jesus just tell you to go ahead and bust a move. And you're like, I can't bust a move right now, Jesus. They got all these distinguished people here. When I get home, I'll bust every move you want me to. And so now I can't, so now you too good to do what I say do, no matter where you at? So I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you about my personal experience this week. I had a conviction because, you know, I was driving, right? And I was in my, I was in, I was in my car and I was going home. It was on Tuesday. I was going home, you know, trying to get ready uh, for church. Because I had been here all day with the construction and stuff. So I was like, let me hear him get home, get dressed, shoot back out, right? So I'm going home and it's raining. And there's this young man walking on the side of the road in the rain. And I was like, man, I sure wish I could give him a ride. Come on. Ain't nothing in my car. Just me. I got room. I wish I could give him a ride. And so I drive a little further. Because I'm like, man, this is raining. And so I know he's wet and dirty and stuff. And I don't want dirty up my seats. I'm going to keep it a bill. I don't want to dirty up my seats. I'm like, this car's still like new, you know? I'm going to dirty up my seats. And so God say, oh, really? Your seats too good for one of my children? Say, forgive me, Father, for I know not what I said. But, and that's why, like, things can't have us. We got to have him. And so now I got to be able to hear him and do what he say whenever it is he say do it. And so I showed, I whipped it. I was like, all right. And I whipped it around, and I pulled up on side of him, and I hung two times. I was like, you need a ride? He's like, yep. <laughs> and so he got in, you know, wet. I think, I think my rug, I, think, I don't think I clean my rug yet because I just been busy, but I think it still got mud on there and stuff, but I was just like, come on, bro. I was like, where you got to go? And the thing about it is that I ain't had to go too far. It was right around the corner from where I lived at. But it's just about being able to obey him wherever I am with whatever I have. And so all that I got is yours, God. So right now, this ain't my car. This your car. So 
So whoever you want to ride in your car, I'll let ride in your car. Because now when I let God know that I can handle what he gave me, I put myself in a position to let him know that I can handle more. And so maybe you ain't got the car you want because you ain't doing nothing with the car you got now. You ain't doing nothing with the house. You, you ain't doing nothing with the platform you got now. With the means, with the gifts you got now, I, you, I can't give you more till you do more with what you got. And so whatever you got, it don't even belong to you. It belonged to him. And so now, Josh, come on. 14 seconds. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None of them went out.